Hey everybody, welcome back to the Depths of Music Podcast. My name is Nick. I watched the 64th annual Grammys Awards, subjected myself to three and a half hours of cable television in 2022. I know, it was not fun. Commercials, not a thing I'm remembering doing very often. Not fun, would not recommend. Uh, But then again, the two unskippable ads that YouTube gives you sometimes almost as bad. But I digress. Uh, So the Grammys was last night, uh, and I have a lot of thoughts about it. I know that most people are not going to care to watch the entire award ceremony, so I figured I'd give you a condensed version of what went on beat by beat by the night and give you some of that analysis of my thoughts on what was going on, some of the implications, some of the choices made, some of the choices that weren't made, all that kind of stuff. We'll break it down together and just kind of see what happens, even though at the end of the day, the Grammys don't matter a bunch of critics' opinions don't matter, says the guy who critiques music for fun. But, that all being said, uh, let's jump really quickly into my predictions before the night started. So, before the night started, uh, I had read some things online recently, and apparently I was actually not in the minority of thinking this, but looking at the nominations, I was feeling like Olivia was going to sweep the majority of these awards. Um... Sour is probably the biggest record nominated, probably the biggest record of the year in terms of popularity. As you may have seen my review of Sour, my very first episode actually, uh, almost a year ago, which is crazy to think about. And my thoughts on the year-end review, Sour is not my favorite record of the year, but in terms of influence and impact, if you were to say, name one record that feels like 2021, I think Sour is a really good pick for that. So I was really expecting, especially after all the praise that Billy got her first year, I was expecting Olivia to just wipe the absolute floor with every single person in this building. I also was expecting a few awards to go the ways of Billie Eilish, Silk Sonic, Lil Nas X, Doja Cat, and a few other big names, especially some of those like Silk Sonic who have that more throwback sound. I would have been shocked if they would have gotten out with nothing. Uh, same with Lil Nas X. His debut album Montero and everything surrounding it was absolutely massive. So it would have been a little bit shocking to see him get absolutely nothing. I say this like I don't know already what happens, but just bear with me. So those were kind of my thoughts going in and I'll kind of elaborate more on some of these as I compare my thoughts to what actually happens when we get to each specific moment. But first we're going to start off with two performances and the opening from our uh, host today. So Trevor Noah is the host of the Grammys this time around and he is on top of the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. And to be honest... Vegas is not really where I expected them to host the Grammys. These award shows have all this pomp and circumstance and, oh, we're so important kind of vibe to them, this pretension, uh, once again, says the music critic, um, that I feel like Vegas was something that people would associate as being trashy. I mean, like, Trevor made a joke about in the first minute of the show about he can smell the bad decisions uh, from the city. You feel like, I feel like the Academy would have wanted somewhere a little more renowned, especially considering the ceremony was rumored and as in the past been in LA. I was a little shocked to not see it there. That might have to do with COVID restrictions and the way that this show was pushed back to make sure that we would have a full real Grammys. And it was nice to have that. I personally don't have a problem with it being in Vegas. 
Um, although there's only one time where that becomes really apparent that it's in Vegas and it's right at the beginning and it's used to the benefit of the artist. So speaking of which, uh, we transition immediately after Trevor Noah opens us to Silk Sonic. Um, Silk Sonic makes a lot of sense to open a Vegas themed show, uh, because these guys, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac, of course, are dressed fully in their 70s throwback style outfits with all the gaudy cheese that you could want from a performance from these two. They perform 777 uh, from their debut album, which is not a huge hit from the record. It's not the biggest song, not even close, but considering, you know, it's about things like gambling, not surprised to see it here in Vegas, makes perfect sense, and they're really going for it. Uh, Silk Sonic, throughout this whole night, is very much, and in general, about the fun. It's about the energy. It's about these guys who seem like genuine good friends, making music together, enjoying it, and just living it up every single moment. And I think they pull that off really well, especially in this performance. Uh, both of them also are virtuosos, so they sound fantastic on all of their instruments and vocally. Uh, not quite sure what's going on with... Anderson Pox haircut, but that's besides the point. Uh, but yeah, they're firing on all cylinders and they're really, really good. So I think this was a great choice to open the award ceremony. Uh, that's one of the last good things I'm going to say about pacing in this show uh, because, yeah, I have some issues with the way the performances will, the performers were lined up. But, you know, that just is what it is. After Silk Sonic went, we transition again to Trevor Noah, and really briefly to touch on him before we get to the next performance, I think he's good enough in this show. He fluctuates between being genuinely funny and really cringe. Like, when he made the joke about Las Vegas being like if crypto was a city, and when he made the joke about how the, how the industry won't tell you that Lil Nas X is taller than Nas, like... Those were funny. Those were good gags. He has a few moments where he actually says something kind of witty. And then he has a few moments, which I will highlight later, where I want to sink in my chair and die because the cringe is too much for me. Um, speaking of Trevor Noah, this at the very beginning is our one singular joke about Will Smith uh, and the Oscars, which thank God I was worried they were going to harp on this and cause more drama. Uh, but yeah, he made one singular joke and then he moved on, which is definitely the right play for a performance and a ceremony like this, even though it was kind of looming overhead. So I feel like it was probably good that he acknowledged it and then moved on. So next up, we get another big performance. That's going to be, you know, just kind of spoil it, is my biggest problem with this show is that all of the biggest artists are in the first hour of this show, and all the performances after are mostly smaller artists or less relevant artists, and it just kind of dips off. So, like, if you came looking for the big pop stars, you could get out of this in about an hour if you don't care about awards and be fine, which I think was kind of a bad choice in terms of pacing because it made it a lot less interesting to watch performances later on when if a band you don't care about is on or an artist you don't care about is on, you don't have all big artists that you're just waiting to see at the very end. But 
Our second performance is Miss Olivia Rodrigo, the woman I predicted would sweep this entire night. So it's pretty fitting that she's going to have a pretty big performance and a performance that definitely has a high bar to set. Um, she performs Driver's License because obviously she performs Driver's License. It's probably the biggest song off that record. Maybe Good For You is bigger. And honestly, I would have preferred if she played Good For You because it's the better song. I still stand on where I stand on driver's license. That was a weird sentence, but yeah, my opinion remains the same on driver's license as a song that is fine, but just not overall indicative of what the best moments on Sour are and just not a fully great song. I think this performance of it, though, is fairly solid. Uh, I like how she's sitting in this car at the beginning. She kind of flips through the radio stations and we get brief snippets of her other songs before she finally, you know, quickly starts driver's license. I find it really funny that her first car, uh, in terms of the song about the car she's sitting in, I'm pretty certain is a Benz. That's really funny to me because uh, I am a teenager. I go to high school. I drive into a high school parking lot and nobody got a Benz in a high school parking lot. Like most people are driving like Toyotas. Nobody has anything nice. We're all driving beaters. Half these people don't even have, like, bumper blades. Okay, that's not true, but I've seen a few. Anyways, um, the setting uh, and the lighting is really, really good. The whole purple aesthetic that we're going for fits really well with Sour. Uh, the whole color palette that she was going for for that, while also being more somber to fit the kind of mood of the song. My biggest thing about Olivia is not only is she a good vocalist, but a good actress. She can sell the emotion really well facially. Like, when you look at Olivia's face, she's really selling what she's saying, while also performing it to a good level. Uh, I like that when you kick the song up a little bit in, towards the final leg, they actually put some instrumental gut behind this thing, something I feel like Driver's License has been always missing as... A song that doesn't really go anywhere, and when it does go somewhere, it doesn't really go anywhere interesting. The live instrumentation is doing a lot for this song, personally, but still, it's not my favorite performance of the night, but it's it's pretty fun. Uh, the lighting is going nuts along with the guitar. My only issue at this section is when the song ramps up, Olivia is still very controlled. This is the biggest emotional moment of this song, and it's very clear Olivia is following her cues of walk here, stand here, sing this, go here, stand here, sing this, walk here. I feel like the ending of this song, the raw emotion of this song that Olivia is portraying with her voice and her face and with the lights and instrumental is not matched by her body movements. That's just a creative choice I personally disagree with, but overall, it is a fine performance of a fine song. I think there are some parts I like better than the studio version, and I like the visuals of the whole thing, but Olivia doesn't blow me away. I have high expectations for her as a vocalist already, so I could see how this could be something that somebody probably got into more than me personally, but as somebody who's never really loved Driver's License... I enjoyed this performance, but it didn't blow me away. Next up, we go straight into our third performance. Sorry, I forgot to mention this. I thought there was an award here, uh, but not according to my notes. Uh, we have Jay Balvin, and maybe it's just my TV. It's My TV's kind of new, kind of old. I mean, it's, it's big, it's nice, but I don't remember when we bought this thing. But 
the set is kind of grainy and obnoxious for this performance. Uh, the flashing screen is pretty much the only thing behind J Balvin for the first section of this performance. And it's just flashing uh, blue, red, blue, red, blue, red. And it's grainy and it's kind of hard to watch. Uh, I don't know if this would be something that would bother people who are really bothered by flashing lights, but it's just personally not a super appealing set. And obviously we're going to get a, a fix to that later during the second half, but that kind of does hinder the first half of the uh, performance. I forgot to catch her name, but J Balvin performs with a featured artist uh, for the first track and she completely smokes him. J Balvin is not really giving a super energetic performance, through this first part or really the whole thing uh and i feel like his guest is completely upselling him but luckily we get a better shift as we move into the second set the only issue is the song gets worse um the dancers are phenomenal and he's performing with a lot more energy you have like rows of like dancers who are like sitting down moving their arms and their head in really interesting coordinated ways um i don't really know how to describe it but it's really interesting to watch and they're really 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 good uh and balvin is definitely giving a little more energy the only issue is the hook of the song completely blows uh, and I don't particularly like the rest of the song in general. So while the performance is now up a level, uh, this song is just not good. And I'm just not really enjoying it musically. I'm enjoying looking at it. These dancers are really doing a good job. And once again, J Balvin is actually kicking it up a notch. But just it's just not working in terms of song choice for me. This might just be a personal thing. I'm not super familiar with J Balvin. I know I have liked him on features and such before. But this song in particular is just not doing it for me. I've heard it, so it is popular. I get why he's performing it. But yeah, it's just not really that great. Moving on from J Balvin, however, we get the first award of the night, which is pretty interesting, especially after three performances. Uh, but Questlove comes out to present it. I love Questlove, uh, band leader of The Roots. Questlove does great things, uh, and he's pretty cool here, as this is the first award of the night. This is the first time we kind of see the format of how they are announcing this, and I don't know if this is Grammy standard, but this is just my opinion. Uh, when they announce the song, they'll say, like, song, all the people who wrote it, and then they'll say, somebody, artist. So if they say, like, Montero, uh, and they'll say, like, Lil Nas X, Somebody, 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 all the people who wrote it. And then they'll say, artist, Lil Nas X. Which I think was a really awkward way of doing it. I think they could have just said, song, Lil Nas X. And then also written by, ba 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 So I think that would have been a little bit of a smoother way to do it than this kind of awkward little thing that we're doing here. Especially for the songs with very large lists of people who helped with it. Uh, it's a little easier with like, only like two person written songs like stuff some of the stuff olivia had on here but with some of the things like the justin bieber tracks it's like names after names after names but silk sonic wins this one uh for leave the door open which is valid i'm kind of surprised to see them win here uh in terms of just this category especially considering it's that big 
but personally, I am not surprised to see them win something. Uh, these dudes, the way they get up out of this chair is hilarious. You know they rehearsed it. They absolutely rehearsed this one. They stand out and they do like this like little swaggy strut on stage. Like it's so, it's hilarious. You just got to watch it. It's so dorky. It's so cheesy. Um, it They're funny. Uh, they're really funny when they get their award, obviously thanking everybody and all that kind of good stuff uh once again just filled with personality uh as they always are these guys at silk sonic so it's good to see them win something i'm pretty happy for them it was not exactly what i was expecting but once again can't complain about it uh so now we move into the next two performances two more giant artists first i'm just gonna lay my cards on the table uh vegas style and say Next up is the best performance of the night, BTS. Oh my god, these guys are good. I mean, BTS is a group, I believe they're only nominated for one Grammy, uh, which is kind of weird that they invited them, but B they know BTS as performers. BTS has a massive fan army, so of course they're going to have their support. Uh, I mean, army pun intended. But BTS and a lot of the K-pop groups are so well-trained as uh, vocalists, as dancers, all that kind of stuff. The production design on the BTS uh, performance, I believe, is the most intense out of any of them. And their dance choreo and what they do with the song Butter is off the charts. They are great. And this is not even one of my favorite BTS songs. I mostly prefer BTS from like 2017, 2018. But this stuff is really, really good. They basically structure the whole thing like a spy movie heist. Uh, you got literal, a literal dude in the chair who starts the performance with all, like, the computer screens and crap. Uh, and then, it, like, active, he, like, presses the switch and, like, activates the other members. They make, like, these robotic moves. One of the dudes is just sitting down talking to Olivia, uh, which you know the fans on Twitter are going to have something to say about that. I've already seen people having things to say about that. This is so tightly rehearsed, and it's so well performed. Uh, the best part is they do this break after some after one of the verses uh, to this instrumental section, and it's this jazzy live. You got like a muted trumpet, a saxophone, all that kind of good stuff. They have this whole laser dodging sequence where it's like you know all the lasers that are in the banks that you see in the spy movies, and they're like dodging around them, singing, dancing. It's really 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 impressive and they even have this segment where they get like their take take these coats and they start dancing with the coats it's just a really phenomenally choreographed and sequenced performance it's the performance with the most consistent like theming uh because butter's not really a song that like has a story to it like driver's license driver's license said design obviously went with the theme of the song but butters is completely separate and they do a really good job of telling it they get a whole bunch of background dancers it's just a really phenomenal performance and even from a group like bts where showmanship and performances is what you expect them to be the best at they still blow everyone out of the water for most of the night and that's not to say there are not good performances i've liked most of the performances that we've already seen but man these guys are going absolutely nuts it's phenomenal absolute banger uh butter is a good song not my favorite bts song personally but once again they just really killed it so i was very 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 happy with that performance uh and following this up is obviously going to be a tough task but i think for the most part lil nas x is up to it 
I really like the kind of drumline he's got behind him uh, with the weird kind of cultish masks and the medley he's doing of Montero, specifically Dead Right Now, the title track Montero, and then Industry Baby with Jack Harlow. Uh, all of these songs are performed very well. Once again, very good performer in general, Lil Nas X's. Uh, most of the performances I've seen him do from a bunch of different award shows, he's always consistently really, really solid. Uh, the transition from Dead Right Now into Montero goes really hard, especially with all the news clips of all the controversy that that song has caused, even though it's been a year now, which is crazy to think about the song came out a year ago. Uh, and I really like the set design here, too. Most times when he does Montero, he's going for that kind of ancient E aesthetic. You kind of saw it a little bit in the first half of the music video. And then obviously, you know, you get the stripper pole, lap dance in hell kind of bit at the end. But he goes for a more Atlantis feel with this uh, performance, especially for this section. And he has like this big like marble statue of himself up there. I don't I doubt it's actually marble, but it's it's really, really cool. Um and, of course, afterwards, he does the breakdown with some initial news clips before he jumps into Industry Baby. Uh, we get a cool little outfit change, which he looks like he stepped off of the set of Welcome to the Black Parade. I mean, literally, he's wearing a sparklier version of the Welcome to the Black Parade outfit. It is almost one-to-one. -one. It's hilarious. Uh, that might just show what kind of music I'm into and how emo I am, but... Uh, I, I couldn't get that out of my head, so I had to say it. Once again, another really good performance. Jack Harlow once again comes on for this, and the instrumental choice to drop the beat out is pretty interesting for him, but I actually think it's really good, and the instrumental break that kind of cuts off his verse is really great. Uh, the specific dance moments, like, you can tell that some of this is choreographed, some of this is not, and I think it all goes over pretty well. Just like I said about Silk Sonic, it's clear that Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow actually do like each other, and they're actually friends, so that companionship really comes through in this performance, uh, and it's just a really solid performance by Lil Nas X. It's not, a no, like, my favorite performance that he's ever done. I think he's done a few really, really cool ones, and I personally prefer when he's able to do an entirety of a song. The medley format works, but I just wish that some of these songs were given a little more breathing room. But besides for that, I think it's well-performed, and the variations that they choose to make on the existing songs are well done. So moving on next, uh, we have another award, the Best Country Album, which kind of sucks for me because... Two of the biggest categories that they put up here, not biggest categories, but two of the categories they put up here on the main stage are like the two categories I don't know anything about. So Best Country Album, I'm going to be straight with you, I didn't listen to any of these. I am not particularly familiar with country music, that's not to dismiss it as a genre I don't like, I'm sure I would like it, I just have not taken the deep dive into it. Hopefully, I will be getting somebody on this podcast soon to talk about country with me and educate me because I do not know a whole lot about country, but it was still interesting to see. Uh, Chris Stapleton won the award, so shout out to him. Um, definitely the biggest name on the list. I really like his hat. Um, it's, you know, a cowboy hat, but it's got this like big jewel in the center of it. I don't know if that's a real jewel, but it looks pretty cool. And I really like his speech, uh, when he was talking about, you know, being a dad and how everybody has to make sacrifices to do what they do. He was talking, I think he mentioned like Billy Eilish's dad. He mentioned that he's a dad and that his daughter's birthdays or sons or daughters birthday were today. So 
he is sacrificing something to be at this award ceremony, how all artists have to sacrifice some part of their personal life to do what they do. And I think that was a really interesting angle and one of the more memorable speeches of the night. So next up, we've got another performance, kind of the last of the big swings uh, in terms of artists. We've got, of course, a few more big names, but when you talk about the Grammys, this is another one of the names that people were excited for. Of course, I'm talking about Billie Eilish. Uh, we begin with Trevor Noah. He's technically not part of the performance, but he basically gives a little speech about the importance of live music and how it is important to recognize the people who make live music happen, especially after such a hard two years for touring, canceled shows, all that kind of stuff. The amount of work that people put in to make a live show happen outside of the artist is important. Now, I'm going to be blunt with you and say that I have a level of cynicism around everything that these big award shows and these big people do in terms of the Grammys and the Oscars and all those kind of things. Uh, they like to be like, yeah, we're with the people, we're with the little man, but I, maybe it's just me being me and being a teenager, but I'm just always a little bit cynical towards this, but it, I do feel like this is genuinely, once again, a good intentioned message. Uh, the only issue, I guess, in terms of production is that most of the people who are going to get up from production teams are not exactly equipped to speak at the Grammys, which, you know... If you're a tour manager or a costume designer, that's fine. But it was still charming nonetheless to see people who don't often get the spotlight get the spotlight. Uh, and I actually did really like the speech that the uh, tour manager for Billie Eilish gave. Uh, even though it was very clear she was nervous, I could see her hand shaking with the microphone. Uh, and it was very cute that she introduced her as the best 20-year-old boss in the world. But then we actually begin Billy's performance of Happier Than Ever, the title track off her new record. Uh, first thing to notice, Billy's in her classic oversized t-shirt, but this is a t-shirt of Taylor Hawkins, the late Foo Fighters drummer, rest in peace, uh, who just passed away a few weeks ago. I believe it was two, yeah, I believe it was two weeks ago. Um, but Taylor Hawkins obviously has had a huge impact on music, and we're going to see more of that later in the In Memoriam as he gets a spotlight there too. Um, but Billy does a very tasteful tribute by wearing the shirt of him, but not going like overboard in the terms of like tributes where it kind of feels phoned in. It feels very genuine, especially knowing Billy and the kind of music Billy listens to. It does not surprise me that the Foo Fighters have had a massive impact on Billie Eilish in her life. Billie's really going for it vocally. She's in a set that's an upside-down house with water flooding the bottom. She's, like, washing around in this little pool. Not washing, but she's, like, wading around in this pool. It's, like, ankle-height water. Uh, it, once again, keeping with the aesthetic that's in that music video for Happier Than Ever, I really feel bad for her. I hope she got to change after that because, I mean, I would really hate it if her socks and shoes were wet the rest of the night. That would have made that uns like believably painful. So I'm sure they let her change. But Billy, if you walked around with soaking socks, shout out to you. That's impressive. Um. Anyways, uh, Phineas's background vocals coming out of nowhere is kind of funny too because while he is on set, you're going to see that later when we zoom out for the back half of this song you don't really see him here and you just see Billy singing and then you just hear like his voice just like randomly just coming out. It's kind of funny. 
Uh, but once again, just a good performance of the song. Billy's not doing a whole lot in terms of like movement from just kind of going back and forth. But for the calmer section of that song, completely makes sense. The song then transitions to the harder part as she gets on top of this house, which, surprise, the whole thing's upside down. So now the house is like, the bottom is now the top, and that is where Billy and her brother and the drummer is uh, stationed now for the kind of rock part of this song. And in my opinion, this song is really hurt by the fact that you have to censor it. Because there are a lot of big moments uh, of this song, especially that final phrase where she says, hits the just effing leave me alone. There's so many parts of this song I feel like are kind of blunted by the fact that she has to just drop out for certain parts. But overall, I think this is a good performance of the song. The whole lightning aesthetic behind her matches once again the music video and what you will see in a bonus episode soon, uh, the live performance that she gives this, uh, she gives for this during her tour. And maybe this uh, part was a little, like, kind of neutered for me because I have seen her perform this live. And obviously the TV performance is not going to match the energy that was in the room and by room I mean arena when I saw her actually perform this but I think still it's a fairly solid performance I really like the ending when Billy is just going for it thrashing about uncontrollably that's one of my favorite things that she does is when she really just lets it go and she really just gets into the emotions of all these songs especially happier than ever with this cathartic release that I like to talk about when it comes to this song but it's a really good performance. It's not one of my favorites of the night. But once again, it's fairly solid. Yeah, just fun to see her going nuts up there. Glad to see her having a generally great time. Overall, a fun performance to watch as always from Billie Eilish. Next up, uh, we get Best New Artist. Before that, we get uh, Trevor Noah sitting at the table with Silk Sonic, and he's talking to them. He's not talking to them. He's talking to Anderson Pack in specific, and he's talking about like, oh, Anderson, you're like the only one who does anything in Silk Sonic. Something, something, something. And Bruno Mars just looks like he wants to die the whole time. Is like a bit. He even makes a we don't talk about Bruno joke, which is the plus one for the I want to slam my head against the table kind of joke because, wow, that was forced. Um, but yeah, that whole bit, like a lot of the bits where he just sits there and talks to artists are the ones that fail horribly. We're going to see this when he talks to BTS later. It just doesn't really go that well. Uh, I like to see the fact that two, uh, winners of the best new artist award are the ones presenting this, uh, both Dua Lipa and Megan Thee Stallion are the ones giving away these awards who they both respectively won it. And it's really good because I like the two of them. I like Megan and I like Dua. The Versace bit is kind of cringe, but I forgive it because I just like both of them. But yeah, it was a little cringe. Um, in terms of who won this award, guys, this is the easiest layup in history. Of course, Olivia won this. There are some people I think you could argue could compete from this specifically like Baby Keem, but... No, this was a layup and a half for Olivia. Like, if she would have not gotten this, the world would have caught on fire. This was the most obvious pick and 
obvious picks of the award night. If I were to bet my entire life savings on one award that night, it would have been Best New Artist going to Olivia. So, absolutely no surprise to see her there. Um, her speech is sweet. You can tell that she's a little overwhelmed, so she takes some time to collect herself, let that actress in her come back in and really deliver her speech. Um, and I think it's pretty good, but honestly, when she's letting herself be a little more emotional and swept up in the moment, I think she's a little more charming than when she tries to be more calm and collected. But a lot of what Olivia says, she gives another speech later in the night, and I think they're both actually really good. Um, but yeah, I was really happy to see Olivia win this, especially after the impactful year that Sour has had and just her in general. Yeah, I absolutely think she deserves this award and I'm very happy to see her get it. Next up, we've got two more performances. Uh, we got Brandy Carlisle first and Joni Mitchell are up there to introduce Brandy Carlisle, which is a little awkward, but also kind of cute because they're both really old and it's like, it's sweet to see these legends introduce, um, Brandy Carlisle. Uh, Brandy is much more low key at the beginning with the lone piano starting out, but I'll be damned if she isn't slaughtering vocally. Those high notes are hitting very well. And then eventually we transition into once again, like a bigger segment of this where she straps on the guitar and it's a much more classic rock style performance. We get another one that's very classic rock at the end uh, coming up here too. But I really like the orchestra. I think they definitely add to the song. And once again, overall, it's a solid performance. I don't think it's anything super crazy. It's very technically well done. But in terms of just memorability, it's not really shooting too high on this list fairly middle of the pack next up uh is the performance one of the performances i was the most looking forward to because this is just an artist i love i think he's still putting out some of his best work ever and that's Nas. i liked that trevor noah introduced him by calling him your favorite rapper's favorite rapper i think that's the perfect description of Nas and the legacy he has left on hip-hop and to be honest he is incredibly flashy with set design production it's him and a band and just that it that's it he's just going for it by himself and to be honest he is at the absolute top of his game rapping this he does not sound like he is out of his prime rapping this he sounds like he is young and he's giving as much energy as all of the literal teenagers that are at this show uh, his medley of classic after classic after classic is a perfect reminder of why Nas is a living legend. And personally, he's just giving such a great performance. This might just be my bias, considering he is probably one of, if not my favorite rapper of all time. But just seeing him effortlessly just go bar after bar, line after line, it's clear he has the experience of a vet, but he doesn't sound like he's out of his prime. But you can tell he's been doing this for so long because of just how well he does this whole thing. The band behind him is not something unheard of tonight. I've mentioned it before with other artists with some instrumental changes and the more live instrumentation, including like brass and strings and whatnot. But I believe that the additions that they make to Nas's instrumentals are the most impactful and the best use of the band in a performance of the entire night. It, once again, 
might just be my bias, but I really like the way they recreate these instrumentals. I know there is a performance of Nas doing all of Illmatic in front of a live orchestra, which I need to get that on vinyl. But um, yeah, no, I just love Nas. Um, fantastic rapper. I talked about how much I love King's Disease 2 in my year-end wrap-up because it's just that good of a record. But it's great to see Nas firing this consistently he's one of the only rappers of his generation that is still producing great music both king diseases are fantastic and at this rate i would love to see a third so shout out to Nas for being awesome as always and yeah it was just great to see him perform next up speaking of rap uh we have best rap performance ludicrous presented the award which was really good and this performance and this award was the one I was really hoping for. And this is one that I pulled for and the person I actually wanted to win won. Uh, Baby Keem won this for Family Ties featuring Kendrick Lamar. Uh, Keem is here. Kendrick was not there. Uh, and I believe that was the absolute correct choice. That's a great song. And I feel like since Baby Keem did not get the recognition as Best New Artist, I feel like it was only right to give him this one and considering the competition he was up against i feel like this is the correct pick the song deserved the win even though people might say oh it was propelled by the fact that kendrick was there and yeah that's kind of the whole point of the song it's called family ties but still uh baby keem performed great i really liked his speech uh very humble guy just overall really great very happy to see him win to be honest i'm kind of surprised this is the only rap performance not performance uh this is the only rap award that we're going to see on the main stage which is a little strange considering rap and pop are just as big as each other these days and in a lot of the overall categories a lot of hip-hop is not going to be nominated so that was a little strange personally uh in terms of design i would have liked to see the best rap album uh, award on the main stage and whatnot so overall that was a little bit of a critique i have by the representation of rap in this show i feel like could have been a little higher but i'm glad i got to see baby keem win on the main stage definitely deserved it very very happy with that award next up we've got three performances first off we got chris stapleton uh, he won the country album, and yeah, I'm still not that familiar with him, so I'm going to do my best to talk about this performance, even though I'm not that familiar with him. So I apologize if you're a Chris Stapleton super fan. I sound like an idiot. Uh, I normally sound like an idiot on this show, but, you know, I, I like to think that's part of the charm. Uh, the assistant tour manager comes out to talk about him and gives a really great speech. Uh, and overall, it's a pretty solid performance from Chris. Well done overall, and maybe it's just my unfamiliarity bias, but once again, it's shooting it at like the B tier of these performances. There's a lot of the performance that we've seen so far that are just good. They're not great, they're not extraordinary, but they're just good to okay performances. That's the general level of consistency. We only have one that's like terrible, um, but you know overall i'm okay that these are kind of shooting mid-level but yeah nothing really that bad to say about the chris stapleton's performance it was pretty good so the next one is the john legend led ukraine performance uh performance in it's a performance to bring awareness i guess to obviously the situation going on in ukraine right now with russia 
Uh, I have some thoughts about this performance for the most part, but I don't really know how to talk about this. And this is a performance I feel like is a little bit above my pay grade in terms of all of the complicated stuff going on. What I'm going to mention is that it opens with a message from the president of Ukraine himself uh, talking directly to the audience about what's going on in Ukraine and how he hopes to be free like the people at the Grammys. And John Legend is assisted by a variety of Ukraine, either born or people with family in Ukraine, uh, performers all through his performance. I'm not going to go into like the appropriateness and the politics and whatever of this Obviously, what's going on in Ukraine is absolutely horrendous, and I am glad that there is awareness being brought to the situation. If you don't like the way that the Grammys dealt with it, I could see that being something in people. Um, but I'm just going to leave that one as it is. You can watch that performance and decide for yourself how tasteful or whatever you may feel about that performance but uh, I just wanted to point that out as a moment that happened in the show. So I would definitely recommend you go check that out and come up with your own thoughts about that. But I don't want to talk about anything that I am super unqualified, especially something as serious as this. So besides for recapping it, I'm just going to move on. Before we get to the next performance, we have... Trevor Noah sitting down with BTS. This is probably the most cringe part of the show. Uh, there's like this bit where he's sitting with BTS and he's like, he, at first he's like, oh, I did this job for free and demanded I only be paid and quality time with BTS, which is like, that's whatever. That's not like that bad of a joke or whatever. Kind of whatever. But he gets on this bit about like, oh, hey, BTS, I learned some Korean too. And they're like, you did? And he's like, yeah. And then he sings the bit from Squid Game and I wanted to curl up and die. So, um, skipping over that bit because, yeah, that was not fun. Uh, we get Lady Gaga, which, her performance is interesting. I think she starts off a little weird. She's doing a performance of, uh, the title track, I believe, is one of the songs she does, off of her album, Love for Sale, with, uh, Tony Bennett's musical legend. Uh, Tony's obviously not gonna be there. He has retired he's back at home he left a short message before the performance but gaga is obviously you know giving this performance as a tribute to that album and his legend all that kind of stuff but personally at the beginning she's a little awkward gaga's kind of doing like some mom dance moves at the beginning there and i'm not sure how i'm feeling about it she sounds phenomenal uh but it's a lot easier to listen to her than it is to like look at her in that moment maybe that's just me and what i think is awkward but that, that was just a personal point where i was not super into what was going on but for the most part she does a good job of picking it back up in the later parts of her performance and overall it's a fairly solid performance the spoken word bit also doesn't really do it for me but I feel like some of the genuinely sweet moments and the great moments of virtuosity in terms of Lady Gaga's voice are just a little undercut by some of the more awkward moments, in my opinion, of the performance. 
but that's just how I feel about that. Uh, I know some people will probably really like this performance. It just depends on what you want to see from Gaga because she's done so much in her career. So this is not my bag, but I could totally see if this is something you like. Uh, the best R&B album is next. Um, another one that despite, you know, how much I try to get to the depths of music, that's the point of this show. I am not super familiar with a lot of what was put up on the awards uh, this time around. So I apologize for that, for not being familiar with that stuff. Uh, and I, you know, hopefully we'll continue to learn more about all these different genres like R&B, like country, like some of the other genres that were not covered here, like jazz and whatever that were uh, genres I'm just not as familiar with. So, you know, I'm working to expand my musical horizon. So once again, sorry for this one that I'm just not terribly familiar with. Um, the, uh, award goes to Jasmine Sullivan and I really actually like her speech because she actually is talking about the creation of the album and what it means to the world at large, what it means to her, the societal impacts of that album and why it's important to her and why she's proud of it. And I really like that because a lot of people like get up there and they're like, oh, thanks my mom and thanks my dad and my producers and my touring crew and da 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 But I really liked her actually giving a shout out to like, I like, uh, thank you for this because this is what this album means to me. And establishing that personal connection with the record that you just won the award for, I think was a really good move on her part. So this is actually one of my favorite speeches of the night. So shout out to her for uh, giving a really good speech. I'm sure it's a well-deserved award. The little snippets I've heard of all these songs have been really, really good. So shout out to her. Uh, next up, we have the best pop vocal album. Uh, Jared Leto presents this, which is hilarious uh the star of the hit marvel film morbius which i have heard wonderful things about and definitely intend to go see not um he's low-key hilarious i don't know what the hell he's wearing but he's jared leto so i'm not really that surprised um but yeah uh olivia wins this award as well for sour it's the first grammy of the night for this as a record not for her as artist and i'm not surprised i at this point think this will not be her last her speech is really good considering this one specifically directed at her parents she does a good job of not repeating herself from what she said originally considering you know a lot of people probably thought olivia would sweep she was wise to put together a few speeches just in case. Uh, but yeah, overall, once again, I'm, I'm happy that Olivia got this uh, award. I was originally not planning that she was going to get this because I believed that the album of the year would go to her, which I'm not saying that's ruled out. But considering she won a pop vocal album award, that normally means that that doesn't happen. So there are still a bunch of other very qualified artists on the table that have not won anything. So I am very happy to see Olivia win this once again. But uh, I definitely started to raise some eyebrows and some questions about what was going to go on later in the night. But that's just me. Uh, the next part is the In Memoriam. Uh, Trevor Noah talks about it a little bit. And it's particularly heartbreaking because... 
as I mentioned earlier, this is where the Foo Fighters were supposed to perform. The Foo Fighters were actually scheduled to perform at the Grammys uh, as they had just released their new album, Medicine at Midnight, earlier, and it actually did win a few Grammys. Uh, and despite the fact that if you watch my year-end review, I'm not particularly fond of the record, obviously uh, the Foo Fighters are a really great band with such a giant catalog that they've got a lot of really, really good songs. And uh, what happens to them is particularly tragic, and I really send all my best wishes to the Foo Fighters and everybody involved in that. The tribute in general is always pretty hard to watch the in memoriam it starts with a clip specifically for taylor hawkins uh with people talking about how good of a drummer he is with the background of this, this crowd singing my hero uh which the words there goes my hero ring particularly uh painfully during this obviously you know the song i believe was written about kirk Cobain originally but the way that this is now kind of framed as a way to be uh about uh, Taylor Hawkins is pretty heartbreaking. Uh, we get now a four piece of Broadway singers to come out to sing for the In Memoriam. We're first starting with Ben Platt, uh, most notably the star of Dear Heaven Hansen, a musical that just got a movie with a lot of controversy. Uh, but I know a lot of people who really enjoy Dear Heaven Hansen. So uh, he's really doing a great job here. Once again, you got four Broadway people. Obviously, you know, no offense to pop stars. All of them, a lot of them are really great. But, you know, Broadway people are just built different in terms of vocal chops and talent. So, obviously, even though this is kind of just a bare performance of, like, piano and four people singing, considering it is, like, probably the four best singers in the room, yeah, this is not surprising that this is really good. Eventually, they are. Uh, he's joined by uh, Leslie Odom Jr., Rachel Ziegler, and... Uh, Cynthia Ervo, uh, which I'm not familiar with everybody on that. I know Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton, but uh, that's because I'm a normie. Uh, once again, don't know a whole lot about theater, uh, so sorry about that. But once again, the sheer vocal talent of everybody involved on this stage gives the In Memoriam the impact it needed. Uh, watching the slideshow always sucks because you think it's like, oh, we didn't lose that many people this year, and then you look at the slideshow and you're like, oh, God. Uh, yeah, there was a few, especially artists I really love seeing Meatloaf and DMX on that slideshow was particularly, uh, heartbreaking. So rest in peace to all of them, uh, for the In Memoriam. Really good job, I think, was actually really well done this year. Next up, we get a much more energetic performance to kind of up the pace of the show. We get John Baptiste. Uh, he is the man with the most nominees of the night. He's got a high bar to clear, considering this is now his performance. Uh, I love that he starts on the piano with a whole-ass cape on. Uh, that's incredible. Man's just whole-wearing a cape. Like, you gotta have a certain level of self-confidence to walk into a war show with a cape. Uh, and damn, he can play that piano. I mean, he's good. This man's, like, going to town on that thing. And then eventually he transitions into his song... And yeah, it is really, really good. The set is extremely intense visually. It kind of looks like a whole like Dr. Seuss thing with all the colors and the weird abstract shaped buildings. It's a really, really interesting performance. And I really like the energy he's giving in it. The song is called Freedom and it's 
a great song and it's just performed really well john baptiste especially just the variety of awards he's nominated for makes it clear that the man is a virtuoso and this performance proves that he's going to town on every single thing he is doing the improvisation moments of this song every little bit of it is so tight well done well executed it's once again one of the most technically well done performances and visually it's extremely interesting too the dancing is really nice the set is really nice all that is just really really great you can tell that john is not only here to show off and have a blast but to make sure that everyone else is too he runs out at the end and he's standing on a tam table grooving with people it's just a really good and fun performance i really loved seeing him here so that was a bit of a surprise for me not being super familiar with him before this uh, event mostly only knowing him through like names uh heard of him but not really knowing a lot about his music but yeah it was great to see him here uh so overall just a really great performance uh not speaking of great performances next up justin bieber oh my god that oh my god this is a performance okay so uh john baptiste started off on the piano like going to town on this piano you know he starts a little slow but he starts going and going and going and builds really nicely into this big elaborate performance oh my god justin bieber was not the choice to follow this up this guy sucks like i get it, it's 2010 to hate bieber but man this performance sucks all right so he's performing peaches first of all that song sucks so that's not doing him any favors here but oh my god so he starts on a piano this man's wearing a hoodie a backwards cap and leather pants he looks like he spends all of his weekends at frat parties and he's like slowly dramatically playing the piano and he's like dramatically singing that he's got his peaches up in georgia and he gets his weed from california and he took his girl to the north and it's like dude this is why the hell did you think that was a good idea to play this song in this context it makes no sense it's hilarious this was the most i laughed at the grammys the whole night this was funnier than Trevor Noah, but why the hell did you think this was a good idea? It's so, so funny. I mean, I get it. He's a decent singer. He actually has pipes to him. Justin's a good singer, but I can't take him seriously in this weird style change. I'm not even saying that, like, Peaches is that intense of a song. It's not like he's performing Master of Puppets at 60 beats a minute with, like, only a piano and an acoustic guitar. No, I mean... It just makes no sense. This is like supposed to be a party song. It just, it just doesn't make sense. Um, uh, eventually we transition out of that and we eventually get, you know, like a more normal version of the song, but it doesn't really improve it that much. Unfortunately, without the hilarious piano, we're just left with a bad performance. Justin is really awkward standing here during the side during his guests appearances. I don't care that all of them are wearing, like, hoodies and, like, are really not, like, dressed super fancy. That's fine. But Justin is just, like, standing off to the side in a hoodie while some while the other dudes are, like, doing their thing. So you just have this dude in this gray hoodie and a baseball cap just standing there. It looks really, really awkward. Uh, the staging of this performance is not good. Like, there's a part where one of his guests, and I... I to be honest, I forgot the name of the guest, so I'm sorry to the two artists who guested on that. I was not particularly fond of either of their performances. 
uh, here, but they were probably better than Justin. Uh, but there was a moment where one of them's performing, the other one just, like, walks across the stage, and it looks like just some random dudes walking across the stage because it's, like, you know, they're just in, like, hoodies and, like, pants and shorts and whatever. Not shorts, but they're in, like, hoodies and, like, shoes, and they just look normal. So, it's a weird performance in terms of staging. I mean, the backdrop is really boring. It's just, like... A few instruments, but nothing too interesting. Yeah, this is easily the worst performance of the night. Uh, it's funny for the first half, once again, with the weird piano choice. But then it just becomes kind of awkward and boring for the second part. Once again, totally a lot of this could be because of the fact that I just don't like this song. And I don't like most of what Justin Bieber has done through his entire career. But, yeah, this is not good. I mean, at least this isn't yummy, but, like, man, this 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 was bad. This is real bad. Uh, next up is pop duo and group performance. This is the other moment of this show that was unintentionally funny, but this was not an awkward unintentionally funny. This was actually a genuine unintentional funny uh, with Doja Cat being Doja Cat. Uh, I'm not going to lie. As much as I love her, uh, first of all, Avril Lavigne is super awkward presenting this award. I love Avril. Uh not a huge fan of the new album, but you know, Avril Lavigne as somebody who likes pop punk, you got to tip the hat to Avril for creating some of the most influential bangers of the genre for inspiring so many people, especially Olivia. I really wish she would have given an award to Olivia, but, um, yeah, Avril's super awkward up there. She's like really stiff. Uh, but you know, you win some and you lose some, uh, Kiss Me More by Doja Cat and SZA wins, which I feel like is a pretty easy W. You know the BTS stands were mad because this was the only category they were up for and they didn't win, which, don't get me wrong, BTS put on a killer performance. I personally would have picked um, Doja Cat over BTS for this award, but I actually did really like that BTS song. So definitely a tight competition, not like an easy W, but definitely a W. So the first person you see get up is SZA, uh, and SZA, for whatever reason, not entirely sure why, is on crutches, so I hopefully, you know, I really hope she's okay, but Lady Gaga uh, helps her on the stage, which is very sweet of her. Then you see SZA get up there, and you're like, wait, where the hell's Doja Cat? Yeah, uh, Doja Cat is, like, running back onto stage, uh, and she loudly announces, because she's Doja Cat, and she doesn't care, because... I mean, Doja Cat is going to be Doja Cat. Doja Cat just loudly announces, she's like, yeah, um, I took a pee. She said she took the fastest pee of her life because she really had to go to the bathroom. Even though she was nominated for the award, she took the pee really quick. And then she ran back on stage because she realized she won the award. So Doja Cat is like falling apart uh, up here. She's like uh, completely unprepared. But to be honest, that's so in character for Doja Cat. I would be surprised if people weren't calling this stage. Her crying on stage was really cute. Uh, even though, once again, the whole thing, just between her and SZA, they were really cute together. The whole thing was very chaotic, this section uh, with this speech and just kind of this whole award section uh, for Doja Cat and SZA. But honestly, I liked that it was chaotic because it felt very Doja Cat to be this chaotic. And SZA was taking it really well. Um, so, yeah, I was really happy to see them win. Uh, I didn't really listen to Planet Her, but uh, Kiss Me More was not my favorite song off that record. But once again, I'm happy to see Doja win. Next up was Her. Uh, Grammy mainstay. 
her tour manager speech was pretty cool but but there was a few moments where like somebody just yelled something in the middle of that speech and not entirely sure why the first part of her performance was solid uh shout out to the guitar player we love to see those uh her on the drums was also pretty sick uh but once travis barker of blink 182 fame comes out to play drums and levy lenny kravitz comes into play then the performance kind of kicks up a notch and it's pretty damn cool the two of them walking in heels shredding on guitars is pretty badass even if it's very you know classic rock throwbacky it's pretty sweet uh the performance starting and ending the way it did did a really good job of kind of showing hers versatility as an artist and i know she's a very like grammys artist she's a very like not you know the world's like most popular artist but somehow she you know she performs every year at the grammys I really enjoyed her performance, so I was really happy to see her. I was kind of going in with low expectations considering, you know, she performs a lot, and I didn't really know any of the songs that she was going to perform, so I was just kind of, you know, going in with a little bit of lower expectations. But yeah, she did a really good job. Maybe it's just because I'm a sucker for guitar soloing, and this is a pop music award thing, and I wanted to see some people rip some guitars, and seeing Lenny Kravitz and her on heels ripping guitar solos is pretty cool, so... Yeah, that might just be the rock bias, but I liked it. Next, we get up to Record of the Year, and the award goes to Silk Sonic. I'm kind of shocked to see them win something else. I'm not going to lie. I thought they were only going to win one thing. Uh, once again, they get up out of the chairs the exact same way, and it's hilarious. They mentioned, so this was a sweep for them. These are the two awards they were nominated for, and they won both of them. Uh, I like, it's kind of interesting that, Anderson Pock is specifically mentioning like he he like actually directly mentions the fact he's like yo yeah people are gonna be pissed at us for the fact that we won this because you know you know how stand people get they're going up against Billy and Olivia and Little Nas X and all these other people that have really really big fan bases so they were really funny uh he's like oh drinks on Silk Sonic tonight and they were talking about like getting drunk and passing out and whatever very true to what Silk Sonic is attempting to do as this party 70s group um the flamboyant cockiness definitely fits the part for the band uh, i'm not gonna lie i feel like lil nas x and billy not winning anything is a little sus yet mainly nas though i really want lil nas x to win something for montero because to be honest i don't think billy wants to win anything also in uh trevor's speech afterwards he talks about music educators which this is going to be a joke and a comment that only five people are going to care about. But like, he's like, we're going to introduce music educator of the year. And I'm like, it's going to be a marching band director from Texas. And he's like, it's a marching band director from Texas. I'm like, yep. Because if you know anything about marching band, they go crazy down there in Texas about that. So, you know, shout out to music educators all around the world. Important to get kids into music and teaching them all about music. So I definitely liked the shout out here. Uh, the Recording Academy CEO then give a speech that's pretty much the most generic thing I've ever heard. They talk about how they want to change with the times, all that kind of good stuff and whatever. Once again, I'm very cynical with how the Academy handles all this stuff, especially the way that the awards go at the end of the night are kind of proving that they kind of fall back into their old tricks. Uh, but if what he's saying about change and the positive impacts that the Grammys are going to really make is true then I really appreciate that. But, you know, once again, I'm always going to a layer of cynicism because that's just who I am as a person. Next up, we see the wardrobe manager introduce her artist, Carrie Underwood, which 
I didn't expect to see Carrie Underwood here. I kind of forgot that she released an album this year. Uh, and it was extremely technically well done. One of the best of the night in that way. Uh, just in terms of the vocal chops on Carrie Underwood. I mean, that she can, she can sing. But uh, in terms of the vo- songs and visuals, it was kind of mid. And then we get the final award of the night. Album of the year. And the award goes to... John Baptiste, and he looks just as surprised as I am to be winning this award. I feel bad, because it's like, I'm familiar with pretty much most of the albums on this list, and it just so happens that the one I was not that familiar with won. Uh, Part of the reason I even delayed this episode to come out today instead of recording it right after was I wanted to give a chance to listen to this John Baptiste record, and it's really good. Uh, It's called We Are. Really, really good record. Kind of quick record, 38 minutes, but... Yeah, this is a very Grammys pick. I talked about John a little bit in his performance, but he's a virtuoso. He's got a little bit of jazz. He's got a little bit of soul. He's got a little bit of hip hop. It's one of those big musical melds that the Grammys really, really likes. You kind of saw that when Daft Punk won, because let's be honest, Ram is the only Daft Punk album they would ever win for, because nobody would have given them an album of the year Grammy for, like, uh, Discovery. But... It's one of these big musical hodgepodges that the Grammys likes to award, especially in their past. Personally, I didn't see this coming. I personally thought this award was going to go to... I wanted this to go to Lil Nas X. Um, but I thought this could go to Billy, uh, Olivia. I mean, Kanye and Taylor were even up for it. Although I didn't think either of them were winning because Evermore is... Probably not going to be, in my opinion, that significant in Taylor's discography. And the Red re-release made much bigger of a stir than Evermore did. And Kanye, they were not going to give him the record because he wasn't there. And I think they, like, uninvited him because of all the things that Kanye does. So, I get why they picked this record in terms of what the Grammys likes. But considering that the last two people who won Album of the Year were... Taylor Swift and Billie Eilish. I thought that they were going to go more towards that route than they would go towards this route. But John Baptiste very clearly was not really ready for this because he probably didn't think he was winning this. But he gave one of the best speeches of the night. I'm really, you know, ex- impressed with his speech and the way he kind of summed up, you know, how he's had out of body experiences with all these artists' music and how, you know, at the end of the day, it's about making music and it's the love of the music. That's the thing about John Baptiste. He is going to face some flack on the internet. I haven't really seen a bunch of it, but the man's going to face some flack because he won Album of the Year over some of the biggest artists in the world. I personally do not agree with the decision. Uh, I would not have made that vote if I was in the room, but that John Baptiste record, I have listened to it. It's very, very good. Uh, I would definitely recommend if you've not heard it, It's like 38 minutes. Go listen to it. It's a fun record. There's a lot of great musical ideas that he's incorporating together at a very high level. It's just one of those records where you can feel the talent oozing out of every single song. But, you know, I just hope that when the fan armies, you know, you can be disappointed if your favorite artist didn't win. But John Baptiste seems like such a genuinely nice guy that I don't want a bunch of, like, teenagers who love olivia rodrigo to be like taking this out on him because the man doesn't deserve that uh i mean it kind of makes sense that the dude who is nominated for the most grammys is going to win the big award of the night but 
personally, this is probably the biggest shock. This is the biggest left hook of the award ceremony. So that's definitely interesting. And I'm interested to see how people talk about this album now. Because a lot of us are going to go back and discover it. So that's it for awards. We've got one final performance, which is the Brothers Osborne, which once again kind of surprising to see you know the brothers osborne close when we loaded all these big artists in the beginning but uh yeah no they're actually really good i really actually enjoyed this song it was nothing crazy flashy but it was really fun i really loved uh you know everybody was like standing up and like clapping along with the song i love there's a cut to like one of her managers probably like a manager or somebody that knows her somebody was speaking into olivia rodrigo's ear and she was just standing there awkwardly clapping and looking at the performance while somebody's like debriefing her on something but uh that was a really entertaining cut to me a lot of the cuts to me like to reaction shots weren't actually that good for this ceremony but yeah uh that is it though for the grammys i want to mention a few side categories before i get into my overall thoughts uh, first of all, uh, this one definitely made some headlines because of just his uh, impact and just how well known he is. Bo Burnham uh, won Best Song for a Visual Media with All Eyes on Me from his album Inside. I, once again, this is another one I'm going to get killed for. I am not that familiar with Inside. I have heard nothing but phenomenal things about the artistry of Bo Burnham and how he has evolved as a comedian and a musician over time so i am absolutely happy to see him win this i would have even liked to see him win this on the main stage or even see him perform but i'm very happy to see Bo do what he did and he absolutely deserves recognition so congratulations to him uh the best rap album another one i was surprised to not see on the main stage but it went to tyler the creator and i think he really deserved it another album I love how all the albums that win are the ones I'm not that familiar with. Uh, but Call Me If You Get Lost uh, is a record that I've heard nothing but good things about. And while I really did enjoy King's Disease 2, which was going up against it, we all knew that after the kind of controversy after King's Disease 1, King's Disease 1 won last year. That's a mouthful. 1-1. One, one, uh, after Katie 1 won last year, there was a bit of a controversy of people saying Freddie Gibbs deserved it. So... I was not really expecting them to give it to Nas twice, but once again, very happy for Tyler to win this very talented artist. Uh, next up is best metal performance. I love metal. There's like one award for metal. So I have to talk about it. Uh, the best metal performance went to dream theater for the alien. I love dream theater. If they wouldn't have rescheduled their show to be too far away from me, I would have gone and seen them dream theater. And I love the technical aspect of them, especially, you know, when it comes to performance, they're progressive, so, you know, they are performing their hearts out up there. But personally, I would have given this to either Mastodon or especially Gojira uh, for the Amazonia. Um, but I'm not that mad. Whenever anything's slightly below the surface uh, in terms of metal wins and somebody might hear about it, I'm just happy. So, I love Dream Theater. Not my favorite record of that year. I personally preferred both the songs by Mastodon and Gojira more. I was really hoping Gojira would win, but can't be that mad about that. Jail by Kanye West won Best Rap Song, and even though I am not as high on that as I am anymore, uh, I guess I see why that won. Personally, I get why they didn't present that, because they probably didn't want to, you know, like invite Kanye and put it all up on the main stage, because, you know, just the controversy around Kanye. Um, 
another one I wanted to mention is shout out to um, I can't remember the name of the orchestra, but one of the instrumental categories actually went to a rendition, uh, like a remix rendition of the Kirby soundtrack. So shout out to Kirby for winning more Grammys than Billie Eilish and Lil Nas X. God bless. <laughs> um, so getting into my overall thoughts, because I'm sure this has been rambling. This has been way too damn long already. Um, so album of the year is obviously going to be the biggest headline of this award. Silk Sonic taking away two big awards is impressive but personally i would have preferred had they only gotten one and we would have gotten something to especially Lil nas x maybe billy eilish doja cat not all that uh i am worried about the massive fan bases coming down in droves upon the artists that took in quotes the awards from their uh beloved artists favorite artists uh, but once again, that's kind of always just how it happens. Montero being robbed, I think, is the biggest snub of the night. That's the one that made me the most upset. Then again, not a lot of this award ceremony like conjured up any vitriolic hatred, even the things I disagreed with. Uh, Montero was a statement of the album, and the fact that he won nothing, at least on the main show, I think was just pretty disheartening. And I'm also surprised that, despite all the hype and all the throwback stuff they like, that Lady Gaga did not win anything on the main stage. Uh, now that we're looking at this retrospect and seeing that the throwback albums are really winning in 2022, I'm kind of surprised now that Gaga didn't walk away with a whole lot of stuff. Uh, but to be fair, Bieber was also nominated for a bunch of stuff, and it was very clear that he was just there to fill out the ballot. Uh, also, his most of the singles I've heard off the record, I have not listened to Justice, and unlike some of the other records, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have listened to Yeah, I don't care to listen to Justice. Like, Justin Bieber's never impressed me. Uh, hopefully that changes one day, but that's just my thoughts on that. Personally, though, I still think the impact of Sour makes this the correct pick for Album of the Year. I wish that Olivia would have gotten that, and then Best Vocal Album would have gone to, like, Lil Nas X or Doja Cat or Billie Eilish or somebody like that. But, you know, John definitely deserves it in terms of just virtuosity, so I can't be that mad at it. Uh, plus, another Olivia or Silk Sonic win would have made the snubs hurt a little bit worse. Uh, the best performers of the night, as I mentioned, BTS, Nas, John Baptiste, uh, probably Lil Nas X, and Billy, and then maybe her. Uh, and the only performance that I really disliked was like J Balvin and Bieber. Uh, but for the most part, all of it was pretty consistent. The biggest issue, the Grammys really blew it in terms of uh, pacing. All of the biggest artists were right at the beginning. The biggest artists were in the first hour of the show. I don't know why they paced it like that. They should have closed with like Olivia or John, especially if they knew they were going to give them the award. Let them close the show or whatnot. I don't know. It was just it was just a weird choice in terms of pacing, and I just hope they do it better because the last half of that show really dragged in comparison to the first half. As a host, I think Trevor Noah was either great or cringe, uh, but for the most top part, he's fine. I don't. I wouldn't mind to see him back again, but I would also not hate to see him replaced. Overall, like the performances from a lot of the big stars, the hosts, and the results, this Grammy was overall fine it was very grammys grammy um and it was just a whatever grammys i feel okay about the awards i'm not mad about anything but i personally would not have done the same uh the award the performances from the biggest artists did not blow me away although most of them were still very solid overall though nothing really like blew my mind here except for like 
album of the year and a few moments of performances here and there, specifically like BTS. But at the end of the day, it was a decent Grammys. Uh, I did not want to die watching this and I was prepared for the worst of the worst and to hate myself the whole way through and I didn't. So I guess that's a plus for the Grammys. Uh, so that is it for the first ever Grammy specials of the Depths of Music podcast. Uh, I know this has probably been a very long and rambly episode. I have not checked the timestamp to see how long I've been going on about this. But I hope you enjoyed this regardless. I don't know if this has become a yearly thing. But just let me know if you liked this. Uh, and I hope this gave you kind of a taste of what it was like to sit through three and a half hours of the show. If that's something you're not interested in. Because why would anybody be interested in that except for me? Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show if you watched it. And if you didn't watch it, you enjoyed my little recap. Tons of the albums nominated uh, have been subjects of their own episodes of the show. So if you want to hear more about Olivia and Billy and Lil Nas X and Kanye and a lot of artists, both new and old, we've got a plethora of episodes just waiting for you. If you like the show and you want to keep up with us more, follow us at Depths of Music Cast on Instagram. That is where you can find us. I'm pretty certain I've botched my own Instagram title in a few episodes of this show, which shows how unexperienced I am but uh if you like the show and you want to keep up with what I've got going on more announcements from the show and just general more bite-sized reviews in my Instagram stories of albums I don't get to talk about in full on episodes um that's definitely something there for you uh this is a bi-weekly show so we have album reviews every other week uh occasionally getting some bonus content like this when I feel so inclined but once again, as the year has gone on and we are almost hitting our one year anniversary, I have a pretty good backlog of episodes. So definitely go back and listen to some of those. Check out what you're interested in. But we do a variety of things on Depths of Music. So if ever an episode comes that you're not particularly interested, well, there'll be something for you down the road eventually. As always, though, uh, enough of my rambling. I've been Nick. Thank you for diving into the Depths of Music with me. And until next time, I'll see you around.